Hello out there to all you dirty heathens in the wastelands of modernity. And for those of you who celebrate Yule, which should be most of our listeners, if you'd like to give a Yuletide gift to all our fighting men out there on the wasteland, you can be one of the many people who give their signature over and help us to do a change.org petition to get them their beards. Yeah, I don't know if we have that in our description, but we can uh, make sure to get that up in there. And the the link tree that's in our channel description so that you could sign a petition. uh, Basically supporting our troops to have a beard. The heavy lifting's already been done. It's just waiting to get turned in. And we would like as many signatures and or supportive letters as we can muster. And if you'd like to give a supportive letter to our uh, unbearded brethren in the armed forces... Just send an email over to hyperboreanradio at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we can get that stashed with the others and hopefully get all of our... Uh, Pretty hyper- much anybody that follows the Hyperborean ethnic faith. They're man-made. They're, yeah, their beards so that they stop walking around in shame with that with that baby chin. Yeah, yeah, because it actually was... it was You had to pay more for forcibly shaving a guy than if you just killed him. Yes. Uh, in Wear Guild. It's... This is the thing. And this is like in many places. The easiest one to look up is the Saxons. Yeah. But it's actually recorded in many places. A man's beard was worth more than his life. Yes. And here's the thing is there's no rules in heathenry, technically, uh, that you have to have a beard. Here's why. It's natural. It's natural. The other religions that have you must grow a beard, it's just so they can compete with how epic we look. Right. It takes like a seek, like 20 fucking years just to get what, you know, one of our, those uh, piddly beards. It takes the, me like six months to grow. Yeah. 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 And one of the dead giveaways is many of our deities, most of the males, anyone who's not a youth or an animal that doesn't have a beard, because there are like Fenrir, I've never seen him depicted with a but, beard. But I mean, we don't have to make rules dictating that you sleep, we don't have to make rules dictating that you breathe. We yeah, don't have to make just, rules dictating that you have skin. Shaving is the action. Growing the beard is the passive, natural response. And most of our deities have beards, including everybody's favorite jolly fat man. Yeah, I was going to make the same transition. as, But I was kind of up in the air. Do we transition over to the jolly fat man? Or do we transition over to the hairy wild man? Well, and both of them are the same figure. Santa Claus. Well... No, because there's also the Grinch. Don't forget the Grinch. Oh, the Grinch, yes. Yes, that yes. character is actually based off from um, a folkloric hairy creature that lived in swamps, forests, and on mountaintops. Also known as wildmen or woodwoes, which I know. And not meant, he did not mean for them to be evil or bad or even mean, but basically just not fitting in with society and societal norms. Well, and the Grinch yes. is. It's a good book by Dr. Seuss, and it's a very well-known movie. And here's and if you're not much into reading, it's pretty short. Oh, yeah. And then there is a remake that was live action yeah. with Jim Carrey. I have no idea how they managed an hour and a half. That's probably why it sucked. Is it? <laughs> it was pretty bad. The only thing that was interesting in that film... Was the contact lenses? Was Jim Carrey. Because you pretty much could give... At that period in his career, before he kind of lost it and became like some new age guru, basically... Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey could do pretty decent with almost any material you hand him. 
But there's actually a scene, interestingly enough, uh, where the Grinch is like a kid or something, where he gets really self-conscious about the hair and tries to shave it all off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and interestingly enough, there's films like uh, The Lion Woman, mm-hmm. which is not a Christmas film, technically, though I think there is a scene where they're, they do have a Yule celebration. Um where she's freaking out because she wants to shave off all the hair. So it's it's actually kind of how people with hypertrichosis act in the modern Well, day. shoot. It's the way people now with less than what would be normal body hair because a lot of our body hair comes off due to our clothes getting rubbing it off. And they still freak out. Guy with like 15 hairs on his chest. I have to shave that. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Um, and here's the thing is the wild man it's actually very very big part of the customs like you have krampus you have bell snickle you have just straight up wildman customs right. and it's all over the place father christmas comes from wildman customs sinterklaas well, comes from wildman customs and i'll say it again customs. santa claus comes from many customs but he has become his own thing and a wildman was one of the customs that he came from uh, well, some of the older pictures of him i believe as santa claus yeah, he was covered in yeah, downy, he had, downy he, fur, downy yeah, hair. He had a pelt. And here's an interesting thing, and this actually ties into like some stuff that was done at the Grim Reaper that we've talked about. Uh, Santa Claus, like I showed you uh, a few days ago, uh, really early Santa Claus had mm-hmm. basically like a brunette goatee or like a red-haired yeah. goatee. Yeah, I've seen him as a redhead under the name Santa Claus. I don't. I'm not counting the ones where he's named Father Christmas or. St. Nicholas or the Holly King or anything else because Santa Claus is Santa Claus. So I, I was only going by pictures that are titled Santa Claus. And Santa Claus didn't always have the red coat. And Santa Claus is around longer than Coca-Cola. Um, but yeah, he, he's shown red hair, white hair, uh, brown hair. Um, the brown haired one was kind of new to me when he showed it to me. He's shown in blue coats, green coats, brown coats, black coats, white coats. Well, and actually, while some elements of Father Christmas did get into Santa Claus, mm-hmm. they're completely different figures. It's yes. what happened was yes, Father Christmas traditions did were well, part we of mentioned the it last week. He, yeah. He's when you actually look at him and his transitions, he's mostly based off from the Holly King. He is not the Holly King. No, the thing with Santa Claus is he has got like 20 different traditions Mm -hmm. as inspiration and the organic growth in America with American traditions. So these are, he's his own thing. He's not Santa Claus. Santa Claus is Santa Claus. He's not Saint Nicholas. He's not Father Christmas. He is Santa Claus. And just like the Grinch is the Grinch. But it's something I actually find fascinating. And that's actually why I wanted to talk about sort of Christmas movies is this collection of famous Christmas figures and these um, well-known Christmas movies, most of which I have a soft spot for them, but I admit most of them are absolutely terrible. And I'm not even going to touch the garbage that Hallmark pukes out every year. Oh, I was just going to go to Peanuts and Charlie Charlie Brown's Christmas. That's a really famous Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It, yeah, yeah, it, it's... I, it, it's... I, wa- I, I watch it when I have an opportunity, but it's like I am... I watch it and I get that nostalgia. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's objectively not good. it's not good. Well, the thing is, Peanuts objectively is not good. If you if you've ever actually read Peanuts comics, they're not actually that funny. No, no, no. But they they're they're Americana now. But they are kind of a feel good thing, and it's one of those well, one of those shows. It's good if you're not paying attention. 
Well, I like guess. I, uh, there's one comic I read on, uh, Instagram. Uh, it's called Wallace the brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the account's called Mr. Will Henry, but basically what it is, is he lives on an Island in Rhode Island, which is basically, it's like 30, 40 years in many cultural elements behind the time. So there's mostly local places. The kids still go around and collect bugs and have adventures and become mm-hmm. mildly obsessed with local folklore and all these things kids used to do, mm-hmm. you know, until they had cell phones and video games and all this other stuff. And here's the thing is, I have no problem with those things. It's just we haven't exactly created a culture that discourages that becoming their whole life. Right. Which. Which then you got to, for a choppy transition back, we have Santa Claus, who he he not only um, has the sleigh, he also has the um, snowshoes, skis, and there's something else which just dropped out of my mind. Um, snowshoes, skis, and sleigh. Maybe that's it. Well, the the fun fact in, like, uh, you get into old illustrations. Oh, a toboggan. A toboggan. Especially up in Canada, mm-hmm. they had, like, they would depict Santa Claus with snowshoes. Yes. Um, so it, it all depends on where you're at. Some are more popular. Some are more widespread. Well, and probably the most famous Santa Claus movie um, oh, and by the way, this goes the whole different Santa Claus being portrayed in different ways, but everybody knows it's Santa Claus. It's the same Santa Claus goes along with a lot of things that we talk about with, with, um, the deities, the stories, heroes is sometimes, sometimes it is this thing like Santa Claus, just because he's portrayed with snowshoes doesn't mean it's not Santa Claus. However, just because somebody else is portrayed with snowshoes doesn't mean he's Santa Claus. Well, not every deity with a sleigh. Like, Dead Morose is sometimes thought of as Russian Santa Claus, but he's a completely different figure. It's sort of like, and then like in Sweden, you have the Yule Tomte, Mm -hmm. which is not a Tomte anymore. It's basically skinny Santa Claus. It's interesting because everyone thinks all these traditions, because they look similar now, are all connected. But they were all fairly separate of each other. Um, you were more, you were actually more likely to find wild men or even goat customs throughout much of Europe mm-hmm. to do with um, Yule than you were this Santa Claus esque figure. One of my favorite figures, uh, and it does work into movies because you've been seeing it more. Although in the movies, it has tendency, not always, but it has tendency to be polar bears. Is the Yule bear? I have been posting about the uh, little cute things about the Yule Bear on our Telegram. Um, but it's it's not actually the polar bear like you see in the, in the movies. It's a brown bear. Well, and here's the thing is the Wildman customs around Yule are actually interchangeable with bears because a mm-hmm. lot of them replace the Wildman with the bear or the Wildman's name is like, the Wildman costume's name is like Urso or uh, Right, and it could Urso. also be argued the other way around. So I think, honestly, it goes back and forth. It's well, a little bit th- of both. That's why I said interchangeable, mm-hmm. not replaceable because like there's actually a famous uh uh white bear king veilmon which is not a polar bear no that's he's, he's, a he's, white bear it's a white bear uh but white bear king veilmon i understand that, the confusion but yeah not a polar bear well basically what the story is about is it's the continuation of a probably a very old story to do with a fertility goddess mm-hmm. uh 
it's typically described as like the grain mother archetype, but that in and of itself is speculative. So I won't say that's a hundred percent accurate. And then you have the wild men slash bear God, which is like the masculine side. Mm-hmm. And that is a really old thing that you can see throughout much of Europe. And that's what you see in that tale is the bear King is the wild men bear God figure. And then the, the princess that he marries with like the flower wreath, Mm-hmm. That's the fertility goddess, and well, and with the Yule Bear, the the whole thing is he's he's kind of a, just a helper. So if the reindeer get tired, the Yule Bear will pull the sleigh, or if the Grim Hounds have to be ra- ra- uh, wrangled, wrangled right. in, and, and you know, um, boys and girls, you better be good, or the Yule Bear is going to eat all your cookies. But wait, Santa Claus eats the cookies. Well, and here's the. <laughs> Here's the thing. So either way, you ain't getting no cookies. Well, and the polar bear has become kind of, again, you can partially blame Coca-Cola for this. A lot of things come back to (laughs) Coca-Cola. But to to the best of my knowledge, over 90% of it is Coca-Cola. But it's also just bear, but Santa Claus lives in the North Pole. Brown Mm. bears aren't on the North Pole. But what what is in the North Pole or close enough? Polar bears. Right. So that's well, why and I like that's it. why I, I don't get mad about it. It's just well, the Yule Bear is not a polar bear. No, he's that, a brown. That's a polar he's bear. A brown bear. Well, and the thing is, the polar bear and brown bear, they're similar enough that they can have fertile offspring. Mm-hmm. But then the polar bear has got so many different material. It, it's a whole thing. Yes. But um, the polar bear is actually more relevant in like Inuit customs, mm-hmm. whereas the brown bear is for us. Um. And you can see, like, in, excuse me, there's a really crappy movie called Elf that everybody loves. It's okay. It's the one with Will Ferrell. Okay. Almost my entire generation loves that film. Oh, I, that movie. Yeah. I hate it. Yes. It is such a bad film. And anything with Will Ferrell in it is just bad. hmm But there's a polar bear in that. It's stop motion. And then there's also a polar bear in... Um, the DuckTales Christmas special. Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus is Well, a the polar, polar bear, bear is a pretty common thing since Coca-Cola. And, and it's not just Coca-Cola because it did show up before Coca-Cola. Um, but that's why I don't bother getting mad about it. It's just whenever possible I let people know, oh, that's the polar bear. That's the friend of Santa Claus. The Yule Bear is something different. Well, and... It's, so, uh, you know, I'm not so petty. I'm not going to be like, no, you can't do the polar bear. It, Fine, whatever, do that. But just the Yule Bear, we need to bring back the Yule Bear. Oh, I'm all for it. Um, I'm also for some Wildman customs coming back. Right. Well, and the Yule Bear also um, fits in with the warrior Santa that everybody likes. Because pretty much across the board, it's not just in our circles. Pretty much across the board, everybody is favoring the warrior Santa. Well, and... Here's the interesting thing is people are aware that there's more to Santa than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. People instinctively know it's not St. Nicholas. The only people that say it's St. Nicholas are edgy Catholics that can't meet. Mm -hmm. Um, They really want, they really want their Christmas. And here's the thing. They can have their Christmas. They're supposed to do it at church and it's called mass. That's why it's called Chris mass. Right. But so they can have that. Well, we will do the Yule thing. Yule, and we can celebrate it with our family, whether they're Christian or not. It's just, oh, you you think that, no, the the Christian version of this is at the church. 
Yeah, that's the thing. The is, pagan version is at home where we're together and we're having fun and dinner and you got the tree and all these these heathen um, customs. Well, and here's my thing is Christmas is pretty much one of the few things they actually we let them rename. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at most other holidays, they maintained the pagan name mm-hmm. like Easter. Um, but Christmas basically got reban- rebranded at um, mm-hmm. Recently, actually, it was still called Yule not too long ago in English languages because yeah. it's called Yule. Well, actually, it never quite fell off, but it came dangerously close. Well, it's still called Yule in Scandinavia. It was called Yule in uh, England and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And well, I know in America it almost fell off. Yeah, it never fully did though, and I'm bringing it back because I say Yule quite a bit mm-hmm. nowadays. But well, and we've gotten people to. Um, to start saying Happy Yule. Well, and the way I basically describe it is Christmas is the day, for better or worse, because the 25th, while everyone treats it as super special, it wasn't until like the late eight, mid to late 1800s that what had been a 12-day celebration was... Or longer. Or longer, in some cases, was brought down to one or two days. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly a business decision. because yes, people, that's what I was going to Because businesses didn't industry. like... People didn't like giving people... Two weeks off to celebrate. So when you're exhausted. Well, they didn't, uh, to be honest, for a while, they didn't even like given one day off. Yes. But basically, when you're feeling exhausted because you can't fit all the Christmas traditions and Yule traditions into one day, you're not alone. It's not supposed to be one day. Mm -hmm. And this is actually one of the best things I've read. I forget who said it. It was on like a, a Instagram post or something. But somebody basically said... If you're using a holiday to relax, you might be part of a burnout culture because what you're supposed to do on a holiday is celebrate. Right. But because everybody's so freaking tired now, they take Christmas, they take Easter, they take 4th of July, they take any of these holidays that we are able to get off and use it as basically a day to recoup. Yeah. Uh, there's a Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that's been doing that for decades and they don't even realize what's well, going on. Well, it's like my family. If I hadn't basically forced myself to basically take the female role in the holiday, because I would be the one that would pressure my family to get the tree. I would be the one that would pressure them to do the ornaments. I would be the one that did all the baking for Christmas and Christmas Eve, because if I didn't do it, no one would. Mm-hmm. Right. So we need to start celebrating Regardless, because I know some people don't like it. Here's the thing. Celebrate anyways. You don't, it doesn't have to be a, uh, some people stop celebrating it because it became a uh, mercantile holiday. Just don't participate in that part. You can still give gifts without being mercantile about it. Bake somebody some cookies. Uh, bake cookies, um, carve something, or buy from a local artisan. Yeah. Or, or a local shop. Because here's the thing is the consumerism and, and, and the get commercialism. Them something that they need, not something that they want. Yeah. Or, heck, just get them something nice. Because I, I do think it's better to get people something that they need rather than want. But let's say that you know, and like, because one Christmas, which it was Christmas, it was Yule the season, but my family is mostly Christian or atheist. Mm-hmm. So they celebrate Christmas. Um, I got every because I kind of instinctively knew I was going to be gone by next Christmas. Mm-hmm. So the last Christmas, I basically went to some of my friends who could actually do crafts, and I had them like 
draw portraits of my family's pets. I had one of them make a cook, a cutting board from scratch. And basically, I went to people I knew who had skills I knew could make gifts and basically hired them and paid them for those items, which was partially my way of uh, getting local stuff and keeping it within what was the closest thing I had to a community at the time, which was people I knew. Mm-hmm. And also getting something that my family would like without supporting, you know, Apple. Apple or Dell or Microsoft. Do they even make Dells anymore? I don't think so. I think they went out of business. Oh, good, because their computers were shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, the whole thing is, like, here's, here's this isn't a Christmas movie, but this was a weird tradition my family had for a few years. We st- I stopped doing it because the movie's terrible. Anyways. But there was a year where basically... My family watched the interview with uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco, mm-hmm. which was a terrible movie. But we basically, my family decided to watch it basically as an fu to North Korea, because there was like a Sony hack that year. Mm-hmm. So it was a tradition for like four or five years where my family would watch the interview every Christmas, as an fu to North right. Korea. And really, so long as it's family getting together, it doesn't really matter what it is that you're doing. Pretty much, uh, uh, but. And that's kind of why I have this soft spot. I think a lot of us do for Christmas movies is their nostalgia. Most of us watched them growing up. Not everyone, but most people watch them growing up. And as a result, we have basically imprinted nostalgia on them. And the reason that I really, really did want to talk about these things, and I know this isn't the most conversational way to get it in there, is because there is so much paganism in these films. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's actually insane. And, and even the new ones, like the last couple of years. Well, even mm-hmm. even some of the, the stories that it doesn't seem like it, doesn't, uh, doesn't seem like it should, but the movies where they switch places, uh, like, I, I don't know, uh, Switching Princesses or whatever that stupid movie is, I happen to scroll past it. That's... um. That actually is a thing in, I believe it's Irish lore. Might be English. Uh, anyways, that bunch of Celts, the island Celts, um, with the switching places. The king and uh, I think the guy was the prince uh, and two the kings. Pa- the prince and the pauper? No, I think it was two kings. One was uh, a fae king and the other one was a mortal king. Oh, yeah. in uh, That's in the Mabinogian. Yes. So the whole switching places thing is yeah it's a heathen thing well and they straight up just switch their faces uh in that one story in the mabinogium but uh this is actually this is a film that's kind of divisive because i liked it as a kid but i know a lot of people acknowledge that it's a pretty crappy film mm-hmm. that's the santa claus with tim allen oh yeah and well most people don't notice that there's runes on his on his suit no, and I got serious beard jealousy when I was a kid from mm-hmm. Santa Claus because it's like he could grow a whole fucking beard. I mean, he didn't like it, but like, like that because of freaking Christmas magic, right? But it's um the most interesting thing about that film, and you and I were actually talking about it is 
that the way the Santa Claus transformation seems to work is it's almost like a forced reincarnation. Yes. And because the primary personality is the Scott Calvin Tim Allen character. Mm-hmm. But he has access to all the memories and abilities that the previous Santa Clauses have. Right. So he doesn't lose himself. He actually gains. Yeah. So he's himself plus. And there, there is slight personality changes, but the fact that he even still remotely has his own personality, from what I'm assuming are many Santa Clauses. Well, the personality changes, though, was mostly him just letting go of neurosis. Neuroses and modernity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once, once he, he embraced the, the holiday, then it stopped being an issue. Well, precisely. And it's actually the reason that I think that that film is important to bring up is because of the fact that we've talked to people about how the reincarnation work cycle technically oh. works in. And they get kind hyper. of scared. Yeah, because they're like, I don't want to lose myself. Every five years, you've based on your idea, lost yourself because your personality does not remain stagnant mm-hmm. for five years. Those those uh, experiences will fundamentally change you. I am not the same person I was five years ago, and that person was not five was not the same person he was five years ago. Mm-hmm. The same is true. At least if you're doing it right. Yes, it's just the most I recent think for the cells. It's like seven to ten years. Yeah. Well, it's like three for most of your cells, and then it's like eleven for your brain cells because mm-hmm. they replace slower. Um, but basically. What happens is you go through your most recent experiences trump your older ones. Mm-hmm. So when you basically the this part of your soul, which has been sent to reincarnate, re reattaches, rejoins. And that's assuming that you're actually a re- reincarnated because there is such a thing as new souls. Yes, they are a bit naive. But yeah, basically that becomes the dominant personality, which is partly why we tell people the afterlife's not guaranteed. I forgot the character's name. Frosty, the snowman. That's his name. Oh yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. He's reincarnated. Yeah. Magic hat, magic hat. I always, but he's still, still effectively he's reincarnated. He even melts down to a puddle and then the next year, happy, be birthday. I always felt bad for the magician in those movies. Yeah, I'm like, so it, did I. Well, because they try to make him the bad guy. I'm like, you stole his hat that he uses for his entire career, and then you're mad at him that he's like, give me my damn hat right. back. You stole his uh, his profession, his, yeah, his, his entire, livelihood, his livelihood. I mean, that's like if someone broke into a blacksmith shop, stole all the tools, and then put it on a snowman, and they're like, no, don't take away my snowman's decorations. <laughs> I mean, we all love Frosty. But still, still. But yeah, it's well, and, and what <laughs> Frosty is is he's effectively a replacement for Jack Frost. Kind of, I think that there's movies where they're together, um, yeah. but for that first movie, yeah, kind of, sure. And uh, I would call it the innocent spirit is what he's what he was uh, portraying. Yes, and oddly enough, the movies, the Christmas movies, are getting more pagan. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they're also getting more diverse when they're allowed to be like, uh, what was it? The boy named Nicholas or boy named Klaus or whatever you uh, watched boy it. named something. It was horrible. Don't watch it. Yeah. It, aesthetically, it looked good aside from the 
massive amount. Oh yeah, they they kept all the uh, the diversity stuff hidden. Oh man, until it, you start watching this, it like took, what? It the? takes like three seconds, and there's an old there's a freaking Minerva McGonagall. I forgot the actress's name, but you'll know who I'm talking about based on that. Talking to her, what was it? Her nephews, her grandchildren, whatever. Yeah, it was there. a Dravidian. There, there were three. A Dravidian with two kids. Um, well, that kids. are, or three kids that are Dravidian and black, with the white aunt or the white grandmother. Yeah, and they look so weird. I mean. It, it's, it's like, how did this even happen? Did you even pay attention? I think they just, it's like how, uh, what was it? Um, man, I loved the books, uh, but the, the dark materials series, mm-hmm. his dark materials, they made a, a TV show out of it, mm-hmm. which is honestly a better adaptation than the movie because it has the dark ending because yeah, her friend just gets straight up fucking killed in the, in the book. Yeah. Um, but they cast, a what was it a Dravidian a part Dravidian for like the the one character who's supposed to be white and then his parents are white and black so they just were like brown with curly hair good enough yeah yeah and I mean everyone knows these uh Christmas I'm movies. just glad it's pissing off everybody it's not just us because I, I've watched um some Ameriblack channels on YouTube that they complain about it as much as we do for different reasons but they don't like it any more than we do. Oh, I'm actually, I'm an advocate. I know it was made up by some batshit crazy people. I'm an advocate for blacks getting Kwanzaa. Because there's no fucking point in them doing our Yuletide holiday. Yeah. Or Christmas if they're if they're Christian, I guess. But Yuletide, why? Well, and they don't really like those traditions anyway. Uh, not a, really. Not, not, I'm sure that there's some out there that do this, like... Yay, Christmas. But in general, the ones I've talked to, they're like, I like the presents. Pretty much. It's like with Halloween. They like the free candy. Yes. I like candy. The only holiday that we do that they like is uh, Thanksgiving, it seems. Yes. And that's what it seems like. And, of course, there's there's a, if you're going to look for exceptions to a rule, you'll find them anywhere. Yes. Because there's white people that hate stuff that white people in general like. But I call them brain damaged. Well, and I don't think the the Ameriblacks tend to throw the cornucopia and all the hunting symbolism and stuff that Europeans do on there. Well, if you take some of them and you try dragging them out to the woods, they're going to freak out. Yeah, they like the the family get-together and eating a lot, Mm -hmm. which is everyone likes Oh, because they are pretty family-oriented, but they don't need to be put into... um, They don't need to be inserted into our lore. Yeah, but the... But they've made a lot of, like, black Christmas movies. And Dravidians, though, they love getting put into our lore. Well, that's because they're trying to steal it. Yes. That's why they have, like, Krishna Santa. Yes. Or it's annoying. Or the 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 one movie that we wanted to watch. uh, uh, Oh, uh, The Green Knight. The Green Knight and then Sir Gawain, the Dravidian. And there was a big movement from the Dravidians. Yeah, see, we told you we was your rulers. We guided you into enlightenment. Gods, I hate the Dravidians. Yeah. Well, I don't hate the Dravidians. I hate the fucking universalist Hindus. Yes. Um, because it is an ethnic faith for them. Yes. But they went universalist with it, just like the Wotanists, just like the Roman Empire in its late stages, just like the I Greek mean, Empire in its late stages. Technically, Christianity should be for the Jews. Yeah, specifically like 
a subsection that lived in that area. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to these sorts of films, like two recent ones that were really, really pagan actually were Fat Man. Yes, Fat which, Man was awesome. Which again, they inserted a random black with the Mrs. exception Claus. of yeah, the, the you, one character. If that had been a white chick, that would have been probably I would have recommended it wholesale. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I had to be eh. yeah. Right there, then you got to put the asterisks on it. And that's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, and then the other one before that, the year before that, was Klaus. Yes. That was a really good... Uh, Klaus is a story of um, of ascension, basically. Yeah, it's basically a story about the apotheosis of Santa Claus. And it's interesting because the way the film goes around is basically it's just a normal guy who's good-natured and makes toys, and then he gets wrapped up in this thing, and over the course of just... Well, Things. actually, at the beginning, he's heartbroken. Yes. And he, he makes toys for his children that he never had. Yes. And now he's making birdhouses. But it, it's a whole thing. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. What, and you have... You know what? It's over over a year old. And the thing is, is a good movie. You can tell everything about the movie, and it's still worth watching. Well, yes. and But basically, the way the film goes around is you can see how the lore of Santa basically gets built up around mm -hmm. misunderstandings, basically. Yes. Misunderstandings. Which is a, it's a, it was a great twist. Oh, I love how um, he gets the, the reason that they have to get the, um, the reindeer is because the sleigh is too heavy for one horse to pull. So they don't have yes. more horses. So they start wrangling reindeer that are wild in the area. Mm -hmm. And, then and the flying the yeah, flying, flying ring is because they accidentally jumped off a cliff at one point. Yes, and and the kids saw it. it yeah, it's really cute. It's really fun, and it's also um, kind of heart wrenching in certain places. Yeah, and it's it, it's a good story for our people. A, and it's all white people. If that helps, I don't think there's a single non-white in the entire film. No, but there's going to be people that get twisted with. They showed the white people being stupid in the village, stupid and violent. And missing their teeth. We have people Those that are of, stupid and yes. violent and missing their and teeth. And the people and, that's going to focus on that, there's nothing going to make them happy anyway. Well, with that film, uh, one of the things I love is, well, these two families are fighting and they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it's we what we do. We do that all the time. Like, it, there's even a famous version in America. And that's not the only time it happened. It's just the one no, people have heard of. No, there's several families. Hatfields and McCoys. Uh, yeah, they that, they're just the most other. popular ones. Something about, I think, is because they made it into cartoons. Yeah, but these two film, but these two families in Klaus, they fight like cats and dogs. And then the thing... They, that, got, they even got a fighting bell. Yeah. And then the thing that brings them together is this sort of Yuletide spirit, basically. Yes. And it, it's slowly, it actually is a really good message because the way it basically is, is and it's, uh, everybody's family oriented, extremely yeah. family oriented, which is something that we've lost and we need to get back. Well, I love that. Like uh, one of the things that happens in the film is uh, the kids because they want toys from Klaus and they've been told that they have to be good to do that. They start doing nice things for their parents, which improves their mood. Or nice things for their neighbors. And then it starts like a cascading effect. Mm -hmm. Like one time, uh, to be nice to their next door neighbor, the kids picked all the berries that she had growing in her thing and then left them out in like the buckets for her so that she didn't have to pick yeah, them. Yeah, they didn't steal her berries. No, they did. They picked them for her. Yes, and then left them ready for her to go. And then as kind of an FU to them, uh, she made jelly with that. And then she gave that to their mother as basically a hm, 
I don't need the berries. Here's the jelly. And then as a F you to her, she's like, I don't need the jelly. I'll make a cake out of it. And then gave her a cake. <laughs> and then as eventually this back and forth of F you gifts mm-hmm. slowly turns into here, come in, come in. Let's have some tea and have, let's get yes. along. It's, it's part of the, um, they actually, it's actually part of our culture. Yeah. I mean, gift it's our people. It actually gets our people fairly well. Because there are people still, I mean, here's the thing is like in England, I think a lot of these like local hatreds are still in effect, Mm -hmm. but most of it in like the UK has been boiled down to the Welsh, the Scottish and the Irish all hate England. And then Ireland and Scotland both hate each other. And there's all and like Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland all hate each other. But it used to be like neighborhoods against neighborhoods, families against families. It comes back to clans. We have always been we are really weird because we are simultaneously extremely tribalistic with each other and then not tribalistic enough with every other humanoid species on the planet. Yes. Well, and here's the reality of it. Nothing will piss off your enemy quite so much if they like, I don't know, apple pies as fresh picked apples. Yeah. Giving them a basket full of fresh picked apples will make them angry. Well, that's like, um, and it might get you a pie. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite things, this is something our women actually do, and they do it to piss each other off, is they will do nice things for each other, specifically. I've witnessed it. Yes, I've witnessed it. Oh, I I just saw that your laundry was still up, so I folded it for you. (laughs) That fucking bitch. But that's a good one. And then Fat Man, oh my gosh, the very end of Fat, Fat Man. Fat Man, yeah, showing that he's actually immortal. Yeah, he's basically a god in flesh, but he's limited. So he has, like, some omnipresence, some omniscience, but not a ton. Well, not an omnipresence, but then he also has what effectively can amount to uh, time manipulation. Omniscience? Omniscience, and yes. then uh, some level of time manipulation and immortality. Yes, but the 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 other bits are kind of like localized to himself, not like everywhere. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things is it's hinted throughout the entire film that he's that he's basically actually got all these abilities, but he's basically mm-hmm. just a guy trying to keep his business afloat. Right. Because he fell into the same trap as everybody else. Here's the thing: he's effectively a god in that movie. He doesn't need. To run it like a business. He doesn't need to be concerned with a business. And yet he still fell into the trap of modernity. With the, Yeah, he fell into the trap of modernity trying to do things. Even going so far as to picking up contracts. To try and keep things going. My favorite bit from that film is at the very end. Because it's implied that what he's been doing, for the most part, is giving the bad kids coal. Mm-hmm. And they, the government actually gets mad at him because they're like, well, you're not giving them gifts and your payment is based on how much gifts you give out. And he's like, I can't help it if most of the kids are too shitty to afford to get oh, yeah. presents. Yeah, he's matter of fact, just blunt. Like the kid, he's just like the kids. And right- the thing is, is uh, another thing I liked about it is, and it's kind of in, a, in side scenes, he tries to help everybody out, not just kids. It's not just all about gift giving um, because... There's restaurant or bar or whatever. He was, it was at a bar and he basically kept a guy from having an affair. Yeah. And um, 
And not by going shame, shame on you. No, he's just saying he, because he knows about the guy because he knows about right, everyone. Because, because he's Santa Claus. And basically tells them, go home to your family, names them off and says, if you get, if you start driving now, you can get home in time for Christmas. Yeah. If you, if you drive straight through, you can be there in 12 hours or something like that. I know I've been there. Yeah. And then he does have elves, but they, yeah, it's a whole thing. But my favorite bit is the final, like, well, not the final, final scene, but like really close to it when Mm. he confronts the villain of the film, which was this spoiled rot. Look at me. Yeah, this spoiled, rotten, rich kid who basically got away with everything. I mean, he would hire an uh, uh, hired contract killer to capture someone who beat him at the science fair and scare the living daylights out of her mm-hmm. and basically threatened to kill her if she told anyone. Right, so he hires this guy, and that's what the whole movie is. He hired this guy to, to, to kill, kill Santa Claus. For to... daring to give him coal. Right, and the end of it, it it's it's powerful it's amazing and here's another reason why i'm not worried about handing out um uh, spoilers because there's a lot of people that's going to if they're even interested in it they're going to go look it up well and when they look it up or watch some videos about it they're going to get all the spoilers anyway so we might as well give them the spoilers and spin it in a way so that they can actually see the the um the hyperborean aspects in it well and that one scene at the very end when he confronts the brat mm-hmm. and his wife opens the door and then he comes in and he's because earlier in the film, he's got two eyes. But by this point in the story, he's been shot in the head straight through his eye. So he's one eyed now and like has a bloody wound there. Mm-hmm. So he shows up in his red parka coat. So it's not like a typical Santa coat. It's like a modern coat and one eye bloodied bandaged. And he just shows up matter of fact with the kid. Oh, the power move when he oh, drinks yeah. the poison. Oh, yeah. And, and smacks sh- his lips and says what poison it was. He could taste it and basically proves that you can't kill me. Mm-hmm. I am immortal. That was a big power move. And then another part that I really liked is um, he makes the kid look at him. Yes. And. With his gory eyes. Yes. Just straight at this gaping wound, one eye. Look at what you did. Ancient deity, just like, look at me, boy. And basically says, if he is not pretty much the tippy top of the nice list, he's going to come back, rip him from his covers, and he's not going to like what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's old school Santa. Yes. The punishment wasn't a potato. The punishment wasn't coal. The punishment was, if you were lucky, a beating. And if you were slightly less lucky, a kidnapping where you're pretty much gone for 100 years. And if that doesn't work, killing you. Yeah, because there are some stories that has Santa Claus that kills the naughty people. Yeah. And under the name Santa Claus. That's actually one of the dead giveaways that he is more related to, like, Belsnickel and other Wildman figures. Mm-hmm. Than the Sinterklaas figure, because as far as I know, it Sinterklaas, while he is a lot more gruff than people think he is, mm-hmm. he actually doesn't do the whole "rah, I'll eat you, I'll throw you into hell." Well, that's like a lot of people think that uh, the Holly King himself. Well, he's just a jolly fella sitting on his throne, <sighs> drinking his milk and eating his food. Sure, when he can be, he he is like that. But when he can't be like that, he's going to pull the bones out of your femurs and make you crawl away. Or pull the femurs out of your legs and make you crawl away. 
He is rather bestial. Well, he is. It's our gods. Like you actually had this conversation with Dravidians. They were trying to show off their <laughs> their beardless masculine gods. I waited all... so patiently for them to get through the through the goddesses, and then found out it was all dudes. Yeah. And you're... They was wondering why I wasn't paying no attention. Well, and you I'm can like, look up... Well, pic- where's the gods that you told me about? You told me that these are masculine gods. Those are all... Goddesses. Those, those are all chicks. And they were trying to show off for you, and then you turn around and show them our gods, and they're like, they're like animals. Yes. Uh, it's because we're not them. They're yeah. not us. They don't have the faintest clue And enlightenment isn't enlightenment anyways. Uh-uh. It's not a universal concept. No, we didn't actually have a concept of enlightenment. Well, and here's the thing: we could get enlightened, but it's going to be a different enlightenment from a Chinese, from from a Oriental Asian. It's going to be a different enlightenment from the Dravidian. It's going to be a different enlightenment from the African. It, it just means that we're in tune with our own nature, that we understand who we are and our place in the world. That's well, basically what enlightenment is, even from their own freaking descriptions. Well, and it's one of the reasons why I always use the example of. What's a bear's religion? If you asked a bear, what do we say? And he'd say, bear. Yeah. He's a bear. Same with us. We are who we are. Overcomplicating this into some ancient archaic religion that needs reconstructed is some fantasy RPG bullshit that everyone knows is nonsense. Right. And I've been asking it for a while and I haven't got any any satisfactory answers is, what good does that do you? We're trying to bring... We're bringing up things that are good for you to explain who we are. Why is it that we have these reactions that we have? How can we express this and understand this in ourselves so that we stop thinking that we're fat and ugly and too hairy and how dare I go bald? I look so horrible now. Like, stop worrying about this shit. And it's it's like with... And why, why do I like it? Why did I... Because some people might think that they're a little crazy because why did I like it when Santa Claus struts into that room, drinks the poison drink, tells the kid what the poison is, and makes the kid look me in the eye when all these other people that I know, they're like, oh, that's so scary. That's so horrible. But I really, really like that part of it. Why? Well, and here's the thing is, there a lot of these things in our modern culture, have formed religions. Mm -hmm. So you have, like, the Jedi religion, the religion of Cthulhu, and you have some people that basically venerate Christmas. Mm -hmm. That is their religion. Their religion is Christmas. Year-round, everything is Christmas. Mm -hmm. Well, when it's not Christmas, they're building up for Christmas. And, and like, they go all out, like, handcrafted gifts. Like, they, they work all year on these gifts. Well, and Christmas... It's probably a better thing, honestly, than the Lovecraftian uh, stuff. Or, mm-hmm. But it's our people want our spirituality, and they're attracted to these things that are our myths, our fiction, our things. And you just just name a, a freaking good Christmas movie or even okay, and you can see our concepts in it. Mm-hmm. The, the wild men of Christmas showing up right. in the Grinch. And you don't need to get all super smartical about it. No, it, it's it, it's overcomplicating it mm-hmm. because here's the thing: you're it's, working too hard. Well, it's like when people it 
some people will even go the opposite direction and oversimplify it. Like mm-hmm. they'll take Yule and boil it well, down and to again, the... Again, what they're doing is they're thinking about it too hard. Well, yeah, because they'll boil down Yule into just the winter solstice and it's the celebration of this or that. If it was just the winter solstice, we wouldn't have several weeks of a celebration for it. It's not just about the sun, people. Not even close. No, it's about so much more. As a matter of fact, the sun has almost nothing to do with it. I don't even know where some of these concepts come from. I've looked for them and I can't find them. Well, and the, but this, it's probably because I'm looking in hyperborean lore and hyperborean well, history. And, uh, the obsession, it's, it's, the the explanations probably aren't there. They're probably in like Dravidia or something. Well, the only, honestly, the only holiday that actually falls on either the equinoxes or the solstices, a hundred percent, is Midsummer, mm-hmm. and that differs area to area. That's why there's, yeah, but. Basically, midsummer. Well, is that's only- why calendars aren't good for for our holidays. But since society is set up around the calendar, and these days are fixed, and everybody gets these. Well, not everybody gets these days off, but the odds go up that they'll have these days off. We might as well use it. Well, I mean, I'd be fine if. Well, I would rather we had our proper holiday and ability to celebrate back. But I'd take just people getting the medieval days off. Mm-hmm. You know. The ones serfs could have off. Right. Well, it's like, um, in general, you used to be able to have two weeks off for Yule because you already did all the work all summer and all fall. Yeah. So by the time you get to Yule, what is there to do? But nowadays, it's not a thing. Well, if if you did everything right, you got nothing that you have to do. But that's not how things work. And and this is partly because of what I will term warm body jobs. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's a difference between jobs that are strictly production-based. In other words, so long as you get whatever your job is to get done, you're good. These are like farm jobs. You just have to be able to harvest and grow a certain amount of tomatoes. Or crafting jobs, like you have to be able to make this or that. But most jobs now are warm body jobs. Even if you think about it, most factory positions are warm body positions. Mm Because well, like the like for actual usage, we could stop building automobiles for the next. Uh, I forget what the math was on it. Twenty five years or hundred, and years, not run out really of really long, and not time. even run out of new cars to sell. Yeah, because there's so many in these car graveyards, and this is partly why everyone's so sick of commercialism, is because everyone knows it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to make thousands of car lights every day, in thousands of factories. There are not that many cars that need to be bought. Mm-hmm. And even as replacement lights, it's still invalid. Yes. Because, like, for instance, uh, we both worked at a car factory for a little bit. Well, not a car factory. It was a car light factory, mm-hmm. which is much less impressive. Um, but the they had a specific, what was it, like uh, contract with police cars. So they had to make a certain amount. There's not that many police cars in the world, let alone alone in the area we live in, which is not what the contract was for. But it's still you are making more parts per day than are going to be used probably in a year. Well, let me see is. uh, For most lines, it'd be anywhere from 600 to a thousand pairs of lights per eight hours. Yeah, and that's just a day in one factory. And yeah, in one factory. And we had competitors, so there was other 
making the pretty much exact same light. Um, but between 600 and 1,000 per eight hours, that's three shifts, five to seven days a week, all year round. There's not that many police cars in the freaking world. Well, what about passenger cars? Even then, the ones that share the light, there's not that many in the world. Well, like my car. I haven't had to replace a light in, it, it, in the entire time I've had it. And it's, it's not new. No, it's like a 2006, and it's like five years I've had the car. But, yeah. Um, anyways, to get back on point, um, I understand people are tired of the... Um, the commercialism. Yeah, people. the commercialism. That's the word I was looking for way earlier. The commercialism of the holiday, but just don't let it be about that. Well, and it's like myself, one of my jobs, I work somewhere that is very busy for the holidays because they sell stuff for the holidays. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to not see how people get around this holiday. It's actually kind of honestly disheartening. It's well, like people think that I'm always full of crap because they're like, what do you want for Christmas? And I say socks are nice. I really like socks, especially handmade ones. Yeah, especially handmade ones. Well, I like handmade anything. Um, but socks are my go-to and they're like, are you sure that you wouldn't rather have a new microphone? I know that you do a podcast. Well, I got a microphone, but thanks. How about, uh, an iPhone? Well, I don't want to pay the bill. So thanks. Also iPhones are shit. Yeah. Also iPhones are garbage, but you, you see that they keep going to like these more expensive things and being all commercial. And I'm, I'm just like. But socks, socks are really oh. good. I, I swear the best Christmas I ever had. Everybody I knew, they thought they was going to teach me a lesson. And you were so happy about it. Oh, dude, socks. it was the best Christmas ever. Every package I opened up. And there was people that, they just wanted to be in on this joke. This guy always says they want socks. All he's going to do is get socks. I was so happy. I did not have to wear the same pair of socks twice for over a year. It was, it was, it was outstanding. I loved it. You got over 365 pairs of I socks. Did. I did. It was great. <laughs> I did not wear the same pair of socks twice for over a year. I'm and no, I didn't waste the socks. I would wash the socks and then people, when they needed socks, they'd just come to me because they knew I only wore them once. Oh, so I was, I was handing out socks. By the way, uh, thank you for the wool socks that CG's very happy with. Yes. Utica. Yes, Miss Boudica. And the hat. I wear the hat quite frequently. It's now I just need a, a handmade pair of gloves. Yes. Um, but it's... It, and it's, a jacket and some pants. <laughs> well, like, um, my family doesn't typically do handmade gifts, partly because most of them can't do Well, handmade. most people don't know how. Yes, that's but kind of... I've gotten some, let's say, less than good handmade gifts. But I could tell that they actually put effort into it. It wasn't like they started a week beforehand. Yeah. They actually worked for a year on it. And was it great? No. But I could tell that they put actual effort into it and picked up some skill because the thing was big enough. You could actually see the transition in skill. So it's the effort. I really appreciated the effort. Well, and even... I'll be honest, even when it's stuff that they didn't make, but they at least found somebody that could mm -hmm. make it because one of my favorite gifts I got from my aunt was this. She sent me this bolo tie mm -hmm. because she's from the Southwest and it was made of uh, 
deer antler, like elk antler and elk leather. And that was one of my favorite things. And I wore it all the time. I looked fucking ridiculous, but I wore it all the time. <laughs> uh, like, and then my thing. my dad, actually, I didn't know that he was going to send me a gift, but he, he sent me something as a surprise, which was some Springerell cookies. I'm probably mispronouncing They're those. fancy cookies for any way that doesn't they're, they're, know. They're fancy European pressed picture cookies. So there was like a stag. There was a bell snickle. It was, was all very nice. Very, very nice. They're pro- I'm not sure how they taste yet. I'm trying to. But uh, the, the point on, on buying things that's crafted. Say you need an axe. Yeah. And I actually do know how to make an axe, but I don't have the materials, the space, or the, um, the tools to do it. So I buy you an axe, preferably from somebody local that, that makes an axe. But failing that, then I go look online for one that somebody made. And failing that, I go down to the hardware store and I buy you an axe. There's really no shame in it. I mean, would it mean more if I made it myself? I'd like to think it would. But failing that, the others are also very acceptable if you need the axe. Yes. Or just really, really want one. Well, like I said earlier, I I went out to people who uh, I knew could draw or I knew would work. And I got gifts that way because I wanted to get something for people mm-hmm. that I knew they would like. But I couldn't make it myself, so I had other. I basically hired out my friends. <laughs> right. Well, in, in general, yeah, I would buy gifts for for people too because lacking the time and or the tools or the privacy to make it so that they didn't know what I was making them. Well, I got a um, Aethelwolf actually got me a Yuletide slash birthday gift which was the bear illustration that Mm -hmm. he did. I mean, he shared it with everybody, but he specifically did it for me because he knows that I'm a bit of a bear cultist. So I'm very happy with it. It's actually my, uh, my avatar right now. Right. And there's entire Christmas movies. That's all around finding uh, the perfect perfect gift. gift. Well, there's a really terrible yet famous one called jingle all the way. That movie's terrible. I'll take your word on it. You watched it. Okay. It's, oh, that movie. Yeah, that's horrible. The one with uh, Sinbad and Turbo Man and Arnold the, the, the entire message of the film is such garbage. Yeah. It, it is. It is probably one of the few famous Christmas. It is so bad. I blocked it from my memory. Yeah, he. We watched it like two and a half weeks ago, and you already forgot it existed. <laughs> it That's how bad it is. It is uh, one of the worst Christmas movies I've ever seen. If Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in it, no one would even know it existed. No. Nah. It has no actual Yuletide messaging in it. It is extremely consumerist. It is extremely jaded. And it, it honestly, I'm surprised the main character doesn't go to prison for life after everything he did in uh, that oh, film. He does. You, that just happens off screen. But it's, um, man, it is a really, really bad film with a really bad message. Yes, and very poorly written. Oh, man, it's like it was written by someone who didn't know how to write, but then somehow they got Arnold Schwarzenegger attached to it. So so it made a billion dollars. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. But, yeah. When you can, you make it. If you can't make it, then yeah, you can buy it. It's not even something that's new. What is, but I agree with people that if it's not the newest 
whiz bang whatever, then they they have a temper tantrum. Well, yeah, it should never get that commercial. Well, like this year, I wanted to because I, I I don't bake very often, but I do it for holidays because who else is going to? And I want to have something homemade, basically. Mm-hmm. So for I was originally gonna make Lebkuchen, Oops. but Lebkuchen simply put because I'm working you know a lot this week, it's just not gonna happen. There is no time for me to make Lebkuchen. That's that fancy bread that you're talking Fan- about, right? No, that's that's uh, Lebkuchen is basically German gingerbread. Okay, fancy bread. Yeah, pretty much. But um, so I'm making shortbread instead because it takes much less time. But I'm still gonna do the very best shortbread I can. For the spirits, for right. Santa Claus, for the wild hunt, whatever you want to call it. Because I... The Yule Bear, because bears need food, too. Bears do like cookies. They do. If, if you don't believe me, walk out in the woods sometime with a pocket full of cookies and see what happens. Yes, just <laughs> just slather yourself in honey and go right into bear country. Oh, yeah. Make sure to give them big hugs. They like that. Yes. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. We're right at around that hour mark. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to cut out of here. I'm going to remind everybody we're trying to make real-world changes. And this beard uh, religious accommodation is what it's called for the military is the latest one that, that we're working on. The, the bulk of the, bulk of the hef- heavy lifting is done. Now all we need to do is show community. You can do that by hopefully we'll have it in our uh, link tree in the channel description. And you can follow it and go sign that. Or you can write a letter and send it to hyperboreanradio at gmail.com. Just showing community support. Yes, the mili- our military men should have beards. This is an important cultural and social thing to our people. And, uh, yeah. So I'm going to, uh, I left off with that. Everybody have a good Yule because I'm unsure of weeks and, oh, yeah, um, I don't think that there's going to be another show up by Yule, is there? No, this will be okay, the Yule yep. title. So everybody have a good Yule. Um, we may or may not do a stream on Telegram. Depends on how we feel about it. Um, so, yeah, make sure to follow our Telegram. And other than that, yeah, screw it. I'm out. Um, don't keep your head down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Uh, but do keep your powder dry because shit's about ready to get real. And I will go ahead and finish off myself with saying thank you to everyone out there in the wasteland for watching the Hyperborean Christmas <coughs> Yuletide special. And I'm just going to leave you with a little bit of a message. Curl up with some cocoa or cider or whiskey or eggnog or all of them mixed together, whatever floats your boat, with some family or whoever you can. Even if it's just yourself and the spirits coming to hang out, the ancestors. And if you have time and the desire, watch a good Christmas movie. Most of them are more pagan than you'd think, and I will personally recommend films like A Nightmare Before Christmas, The Santa Claus, Klaus, The Man Who Invented Christmas, uh, The Grinch, The Charlie Brown Christmas Special. Most Simpsons episodes that are Christmas-themed are pretty darn good. And... Yeah, just enjoy them. You don't even have to bring up that they're pagan, but most of them are. And I think that's the beautiful thing. Fat Man's another one, is we do these things instinctively. That's part of how you know this is a part of us. 
We reinserted the Yule Bear. We just made it a polar bear. We make the wa we lost the Wildman because Santa Claus got mostly hairless except for his beard. So we introduced the Grinch. Bit by bit, we are constantly reintroducing the elements from our own past. If we erase the commercialism that has infested the holiday, we can truly have a Hyperborean Christmas, <coughs> Yuletide, and enjoy it with those we love, both those that are here in the present, those that have come in the past, and prepare it for the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And with that, the Lore Keeper is going to sign out and wish everyone a very happy Yule.